You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. your Bibles and Matthew Matthew chapter 13 tonight and then we'll get over to deeper in the New Testament in just a little bit Matthew 13 we'll use this text although I ask you to mark it here I put a marker there we'll come back to it and I will tell you this it will take me a few minutes to get airborne tonight on this message that we have to speak and I know This tonight speaks to every one of us. The root of your life, your upbringing, your experiences of life, the root is always prevalent. Now, it can change. There was a man who was from an awful home, just a terrible home. And as a boy at eight years of age, he said, this is not for me. And at 16... He made some major decisions in his life. And he became one of the great kings called Josiah in the Bible. His grandfather was wicked. His father was wicked. His boy was wicked. But he said, it's not going to be on my watch. You come from a drunkard's home, a drug addict's home. That's your root. You're going to have to deal with it. But it doesn't mean you have to be a failure. And I hope we understand that tonight. Roots always reveal themselves. And Brother David, I just want to say you have your dad here tonight and your, what's that? Cousin, that's what it is, dad and cousin. We're glad you're with us tonight. Let's take your Bibles and we're going to read chapter 13. And let's begin in verse number 3 where it said, He spake many things unto them in parables. 3 through 9, 3 through 9. Let's read it together, shall we? Ready, begin. And he spake many things unto them in parables, up they were scorched and because they had no root the root is very important notice what he says in verse 18 hear ye now therefore the parable of parable of the sower when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked one catcheth away that which is sown in his heart this is he which received the seed by the wayside you know, sometimes you'll, people will come to church and God's working on their heart. They know their need of salvation. They know their need of, if they are saved, getting right with God. But the seed is quickly, by the wicked one, snatched away. He'll say things like, it's just emotionalism. Or you don't need this. Who says that they're the right religion? I don't need to go get saved. That's one soil. And then he said, But he that receiveth the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word in Aeon, with joy receiveth it. All of it once. It's exciting. It's thrilling. Yes. Oh, I love this church. I love this church. Many times in 43 years I've been here, someone say, oh, this is my first time here. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've been looking for a church like this, the singing, the preaching. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
first Sunday out. And many times that's the last Sunday I see them. They're all fired up for a little bit. They're probably that way in everything in life. They get fired up about a new business. They get fired up about a new deal. They get fired up about a new this or a new that. But it doesn't last. And the Bible says, he hath not root, there's that key word again, but dureth for a while, stays with it for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises by the word, he is offended, he falls, he stumbles. And then he gives us the third one, that's the care of the world, the deceitfulness of riches that chokes out by the thorns, and then the good ground. Why is it so many Christians, quote Christians, if they are, I guess they might be, fall off the wagon? I have people in this very church wondering, what happens to these people? Well, this illustration is of our Lord Jesus, and his success rate was 25%. 75% of his converts in this illustration fail. I think I'll have a higher one than that. Why is it that you can't get old and white-haired and gray and feeble loving God? Why is it that we have to quit on God? Our Father, tonight, I pray as we look at this of the root that we might all take inventory, that all of us have a root. I pray that tonight we might be revealed to us and we might understand what is that root that's keeping me from living on the winning side. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. to be a pastor and I've pastored here many years and consequently I've said some things not many things but some things that will be remembered if you're in high school you would remember this or were attending high school at one time 
You show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. Sometimes we say, I say, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I can almost tell you every time how a kid's going to turn out by watching who they choose as their friends. You show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. I've said so often to the college students, the ministry is it's great. I love the ministry. It's great. I've said in the high school, and they used to have it framed somewhere. It's no longer there. But happy is the man or the individual that discovers their authority and then willingly submits to that authority. You'll never be happy fighting authority. You'll never be. You must learn. I must learn to submit to authority. Most people fail at that. Most people. Ask any business leader. Most people fail at it. You hire someone, they're so excited to be there, but before long, the employee thinks that you work for them. And if you don't do what the employee wants, they'll boycott you. And they'll give you a hard time. And that cancer and canker will feed itself through the entire corporation because they're going to win. You can take any ministry of the church, and I've watched it, whether it be sports or whether it be the buses or the Sunday school or the music or on and on it goes, any position, there's always a degree that someone says, I'm going to do it my way. At first, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, but before long, I'm working for them. Happiness is discovering your authority and submitting to that authority. I've said often around here, and people have heard me say this statement, you raise your children to release them. You don't raise them to reject them. I know of parents, I don't agree with this, that have the idea when they graduate or turn 18, they're out the door. I don't want you here anymore. Move out. Well, I'm so thankful we didn't do that. But if that's your philosophy, you're going to have to do what you want. I believe you raise your kids, and then at time, eventually, you release them. And even schooling is starting you on that journey in K-5 or whatever grade you start, or third grade, you begin to release them a little bit more. And soon, mother, you won't be laying their clothes out for them. And soon, mother... You're going to begin to release them. And then soon, sir, you're going to say to Ralph, when he says, I want to marry your daughter, and you're going to begin to release them. And then you're going to stand here, and I'll say, who giveth this woman to me, married to this man? And you'll say, her mother and I, and you've released them. Now, don't reject them. You pray for them. You love them. You encourage them. But don't have 911 hooked up to your bedroom either. I've said this, and nobody, unless you're in the building projects from years ago, 1981, 82, and 83, I always call out, two minutes! That means absolutely nothing, but we, we know what it means if you were there in those days. It means like about 10 minutes we're going to stop eating. Two minutes, let's get going. Someone come on the building project, we'd work on Monday night, Tuesday night, if we had to Wednesday night after church, we always bring our work clothes, getting ready for an inspection. Thursday night, generally not. Friday night, a little bit. Saturday, all day. And the ladies would come with the children and bring a meal on Monday night or Tuesday night, one of those nights. And the men would come, and we'd have 40, 60, 80, sometimes 100 men. And we bought hammers for them all, and just all the different, whatever we were working on. We were working on concrete, and they would work together. And we'd start eating as soon as the line was going, before it was even done, I'd say, tell, tell us, tell us, two minutes. Somebody is new said, what does that mean? He goes, two minutes, we're done. We've got to get out there. We'll start working again. I said, man, I've not even got my food yet. You had to be there, I guess, to understand it. I have another statement tonight. You've heard it many times, never of the message. Your root will always be revealed. Not every time 
But I can talk to someone, perhaps you can do the same for about five or ten minutes, and I can tell you generally their upbringing. Another college called me and they said, we have this student, there's a situation we're dealing with, and, and how would you deal with this student? I said, first I'd go back and deal with the bitterness he has toward his dad. They said, we never mentioned anything about his dad. I said, yes, but he's bitter at his dad, I'll guarantee it. His dad abandoned him, his dad abused him, his dad did something, but he has a bitterness in his heart toward his dad. They said, it's amazing you'd know that because we never told you that, but that's exactly the problem. Until he gets that root taken care of, you cannot go forward. The root always reveals. I have an article for me, and I'm not a horticulturist, but I love gardening. I love trees. I love flowers. I love trimming. I love cutting things down and fixing things and cutting the lawn and repairing things in the yard. The article is from a horticulturist and it says, listen, when I go to the garden center, I get a good look at the roots before I, before I decide what to buy because it's all about the roots, they say. We tend to value plants from the top down. We see the leaves, we see the flowers and the beauty it could add to our home. But the lush leaves and the beautiful blooms will only continue if you look at the root. And the root is so important. You've been abandoned in life. You've been broken in life. That is a root. That root must be dealt with. They said the root system takes in the oxygen, the water, the nutrients from the soil. And because of that, then it moves up through the stems to the leaves and to the blooms, and it looks so beautiful on the outside. The horticulturist went on to say this, stress is part of life. And when a plant is stressed because of extreme temperatures or a drought or too much water or disease, it will show up in the leaves They'll become limp or yellow leaves, indicating that the, the, the root has been affected. I see someone gets angry quickly. I know there's a root that's just not today. There's a root problem, and I know we all lose it once in a while. I know that. But if it's a way of life, bitterness, if it's a way of life, anger, if it's a way of life, anxiety, if it's a way of life, Fear, if it's a way of life. Carnality, if it's a way of life. There's something that hasn't been dealt with at the root. You know, Horticultures goes on to say, and I stop with this. Did you know that what you see above ground in your plants is really coming from what is hidden underground? Ladies, we send our husbands to anger management classes but that is working on the bloom and the leaves when in reality we've got to get, we must get to the root. We're living in a day where we have raised, and God bless you kids, I feel like we have the best teenagers in the world, but we live in a very spoiled day. The nation's teenagers and children all have cell phones. Cell phones they never paid the two, the three, the $400 for. They all have internet access. They play sports, they all get a trophy. Whether they win or lose, they all get a trophy. That's a lot of nonsense. Most everybody loses. Out of 20 teams, 19 are gonna go home as losers. Big L, you lost. Luke Flood, you know something about what I'm talking about. He was shaking his head back there. I couldn't pass that one up, but they're coming on. They're 0-6. Men's team is coming on. Six years ago on our house, we live right here nearby, we, uh, we planted some trees. I planted 30, uh, 20, 23 trees. In those 23 trees, there were 15 
white birch trees in clumps of three and several maple trees. And you know, it's wonderful. They're all six foot tall. Six years later, all but two of those birch trees have just taken off. The shortest would be about 20, 22 feet, and the rest go up to 22 to about 28 feet or higher. It's an amazing thing. Sometimes I'll look at those 21 trees that are left, the birch, and think all those beautiful green leaves are going to turn color and I get to rake them all up this fall. The maples are beautiful. I have two particular that we put by a gazebo, one on each side. And I tell you, they're shaped so beautifully. I go to Home Depot or Lowe's and I buy these bungee cords. In addition to that, I, I buy this, this string, a, a heavy brown string. And I'm trying to form those branches. And I pull them in. And I'm trying to shape it so it's a nice shape. And they're starting to shape just perfect. And gone, gone high now. They're just beautiful, beautiful leaves. I have one birch, actually two, that didn't make it. The one is still in the ground, but the roots, for some reason, it did it wrong. They're, they're exposed, and it's growing, but it's not growing very much. It's anemic. I also have a maple by the fire uh, barbecue pit there, and it's not doing well at all. It was over here, and I saw it was going to be too close to the house, and I moved it over here. But you know, I didn't take care of the root Last week I bought three three-gallon plants for the backyard, and they have a beautiful yellow flower on them. And so I went to the backyard, and I got two different picks that I had, and I began to pick and dig down deep into the hole, and I tried to make it twice as wide and twice as deep, and I filled it with nutrients and, and other uh, bags of fertilizer that I put in there and dirt. And then that place, that those, those, those plants were so beautiful. And I pulled them out, and I was so disappointed. Because it became a root ball. It began to grow in a circle. It's a lot of roots in there, but they're all intertwined. I took that root ball, and with my hands, I began to pull on it. And I began to break it up as much as I could. I reduced it about half its size. And I began to pull the, the long roots that would go this way and then came back up and then start to go down. And I started to pull them out because I wanted those roots to be spread out as much as possible and not just grow in a circle while it never grows. That one maple I told you about, I did it the fast way. I just saw it was all root bound, but I said, you know, I think it's gonna grow. It hasn't grown. There it is. Why? Because the root was never taken care of. And if you want a birch tree or a maple tree or an ash tree or a redwood tree to grow, you have to work on the root. The root is so important. Flowers, a root is important. And you put the flowers in and then you pack it down and you protect that root. God says here about that root, about the man who, verse six, had no root. Verse number 21, he had not root in him. He dureth for a while. The root's the most important. Everybody has root problems. Yours might be a root educational problem. You thought mathematics and science and history, government, you thought that was not very important. And so you sloughed off. But I want to tell you something. That's going to reveal itself all through life because you were casual with your education. Our class was so blessed. I've been having different men in our class teaching our Sunday school young couples class, and they have all done such an incredible job. You see their personality you see their, their drive. It's been, what a summer we've enjoyed. It has been wonderful. I see a lot of students nodding their heads. I'm a little bit intimidated to try to come back and start teaching again and begin. 
as we move into the fall. And Brother Wheeler, Brother Patrick Wheeler, both Wheeler boys are such brains. That's why the three of us get along so well. And uh, their brains in the computer field and their brains in mathematics. And he said, Brother Patrick said, I'm going to teach us something. He read us some scripture. I thought, where is it going? He goes, the best I could tell is to use my, my board here and I'm going to make you a picture. And he drew, drew us and began to talk these mathematical terms that were so brilliant. I'm thinking, I didn't even know that word was in the dictionary. And it was just rolling off his mouth. You would have enjoyed it. Our class enjoyed it. You know, when you think like I did, mathematics is not that important. I've had to depend upon people my entire life that know mathematics where I don't know it. Oh, I know some of the big things like one plus one is two. I know that. I know some mathematics. But it's something you use every day of your life. You use science every day of your life. I have my books that are there that help me with these subjects in my study. Your root problem might be a, 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 a educational. Your, your root problem might be habits, poor habits, or spending habits, or poor communication, or poor decisions, or poor relationships. You just can't seem to develop a very good relationship. And on and on it goes. It goes back to a root. We must deal with the root. Or you'll dearth for a while. Look at that verse. I'm going to get to our text where we're going. He hath no root in himself, verse 21. But he dureth a while. For when tri tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, and by and by he's offended, he falls, he stumbles, he quits. Pastor, I don't understand this. Where are these people? They were here. They loved it. They served. Oh, yes, they got offended. They stumbled. They quit. It's not just in church work either, please. It's in professional sports. Almost all those boys won't be on the same team five years from now. And many of those boys will be like their teammates are in jail and in courtrooms and on the sidelines. I don't recall now, so I shouldn't say it, but I think I read or I heard that the average NFL player plays like three years and that's it. In sports, people come and go. Look at your own company. How many times people come and go. Look at the CEO. I was talking to someone this past week and I said something about George Zimmer. I said, your boss, Ben's Warehouse. And they said, he's not our boss. I said, George Zimmer's your boss? They said, oh no, he's been gone for a couple of years. He has his own company. I said, well, that's how much I know about what's going on. In the medical field, I'm losing my doctor next week. He's been my doctor for years. He's a young man. But he's moving on to something else. Some people quit medicine. Some people quit sports. Some people quit church. But why is it that we think when they quit church, it's the only thing they quit in life? Some people quit on life. Some quit on their family. We're told that the freshman class that will come into any institution of college and higher living, learning, including ours, any Freshman class will wind up with seniors with only 25% left. They dearth for a while. Oh, Brother Dan, Brother Callahan. They dearth for a while. They're there, they're gone. I can tell you after having stayed, I'm glad I stayed. They dearth for a while. Now tonight, when we are not accepted by a parent, it's dangerous. Dad, dad, watch this, dad abandons us at birth. He abandons us at birth, he's not there. Mother steps to the plate, she becomes mother and father. Then why is it? So often in life that young man becomes a, 
eighth grader, a ninth grader, a tenth grader, or even out of school, and he is willing to abandon his mother who stepped to the plate, she cared for him, she fed him, she, she went and worked a job. Dad never contributed anything or little because dad never had to correct. And there's a longing in a heart to know your dad and or your mother if she's the absent one. That root has to be dealt with. You generally choose the one who has the same root problem that you have. You'll choose that dad. Though he's broken your heart and abandoned you at times, you'll choose him. There's a longing and you're bitter so oftentimes that that dad wasn't there or that mother wasn't there. Why did he quit? Why did he endure for a while? How about these lepers in chapter 17 of Luke? In Luke 17, there's, there's 10 lepers 10 lepers Jesus heals. How many came back and said, thank you? One. The success rate Jesus had that time was not 25%. It was 10%. Tonight you sit by somebody in church that potentially if the Lord tarries and they live, five years from now will not be in church. It's every church in America. It's revolving door. Why can't we be steadfast, unmovable? As you turn with me to the book of Colossians tonight for our text where we're going, Paul deals with the church at Colossae with the same problem. They were not rooted. When people have a root problem, they deal with it different ways. It's like the dog that's been abused. An animal that's been abused will always respond one of two ways. An animal that's been abused will become vicious. You come up to a house and that dog is there, he'll be mad, he'll attack, he's, he's got his teeth out, he's ready, and he will bite you. Or you look at that dog and say, hey! And that dog will cower down and run away. Because... An abused animal either gets defensive or it cowers down. And the root problem with that animal, it was abused. And when you have been hurt and abused in whatever capacity, you will begin to be the one that lashes out or you'll be the one that cowers down. And everything is defeat. What is root problems in life? They always deal with self. What was Adam and Eve's problem? It was a self problem. What was Cain's problem? It was a self problem. What was Korah's problem? It was a self problem. What was Absalom's problem? It was a self problem. And when there's a self problem, it always reveals itself. You go back to the absent parent. That emptiness will be filled. That emptiness when dad's missing or mother's is missing will be filled many times with anger or pride or sin or rebellion or immorality or importance. I'm so important. Our position, our prestige, but we always seek to fill that empty cavity. you cannot stabilize your life you have to look back what is the root what's my DNA what's my fiber what am I dealing with you're always moody you're going to have to go back and say what, where did I get that from and then it has to be dealt with that's why God warns us about Hebrews 12 15 the root of bitterness because that root grows up it grows up that root and it defiles many, and it defiles our marriages, and it defiles our sons, and it defiles our daughters. Now, what's the answer? We need to nourish the root. We need to fertilize the root. We need to grow in grace. So the Bible is going to show us what we need to do in order to deal with the root problem. 
because he deals with roots here. Chapter two of Colossians. Chapter two, verse four, this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying, beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. What's the next word, church? Rooted, rooted, and built up in whom? Not, not another toy, not more money, not more prestige, rooted. How about verse 23 of chapter one? If he continue in the faith, what's the word? Grounded. It's another word for to be rooted, the foundation. Settled. That's anchored in. Not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Paul said rooted and built up in him. Only Jesus could fill that void. And in our lives, we have to identify my root problem is this is my problem. And Jesus, I have to fill that, that, that root problem with you. But most of the time, we fill it with something else. We have a world that's filling it with drugs tonight. A world that's filling it with alcohol. A world that's filling it with the fast lane. A world that's filling it on the streets of Los Angeles and New York and Manhattan and the big places of the world in San Francisco tonight and they're doing every debauchery type of sin and they're saying I'm empty in life, I'm empty in life and generally my dad has abandoned me or my mother's abandoned me or both, I had a terrible home and now I am going to seek for me to have what I want in life. I am gonna fill this with a fast lane in life and what they don't know, they're further destroying their life. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul for only he can cleanse and, and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy in heaven too for only Jesus can satisfy your soul. I want to tell you, I love what I'm doing today more than I've ever loved it, but it's harder than it's ever been. Everything seems to be a baby problem. I feel at times we change the sign out front, Treber's Daycare. Well, pamper and diaper you here. Why does everything have to be an issue? because it goes most of the time back to your root because you're used to running everything. We live in that environment today with kids. What do we need to do more for the kids? We're doing plenty for the kids. Kids, I love you to death, but you're spoiled rotten. I wish the kids would say amen and thank you for nodding your head. You got everything. And I'm one just as much as the rest guilty of doing it. I want you to have these things. I want you to have a great teenage years that you'll never, that just, it's just something that you'll never get over. But somehow we begin to think we're entitled and we want more. And when we don't get more, we'll go to the streets of America and turn over a police car and we won't have to pay for it, and we'll break out some windows, and we'll march on the streets, and we'll throw rocks at the cops because they're the bad guys, because we want more. Then go work for it. Put your hand to the plow. Kids driving fancy cars. If you don't believe that, go by the average public high school. Look at the poor cars they're driving. They didn't work for that. They never gave, they never, they never worked a job. They never had a W-2 form. W what form? See, what's exactly what I'm talking about. We shower upon them. And we give and we give and we give. But you're creating poison that's going into the root. Because they don't need more. They need a mom that's engaged in their life and a dad that's engaged in correction. 
I don't know if anybody's ever had a better staff than I have, but sometimes I leave this alone because I know if I have to deal with it, it's World War III. Why, why, have a, why have a battle over that? Now, I don't like it. And I deal with things, yes, I do. And sometimes I think, you know, I want to deal with it. I don't believe it. I don't like what they're doing, but I just have to leave it alone because I'm not going to have pouting for the next three weeks and pay for it. We have to be so absorbed with the Lord Jesus Christ that I may know him, wonderful Lord, that I may know him, wonderful Lord, to know the power of his great resurrection and join in fellowship with that of his suffering and in that being made conformable to his death that I may know him. You know, sometimes I think you people think I'm so dumb that I don't know anything that's going on with computers. I don't know how to use a computer. I don't know how to use Facebook. But I think I know more than you do. Because I get the information. Here's how I get it. One way I get it, what's going on. I know something must be going on because preachers all over America and alumni are texting me and say, I don't know what's going on today, but I'm praying for you. <laughs> when they all say the same thing, I know somebody's on that internet saying something. Someone will always tell me what's going on. I know you don't know this, Pastor. Uh, yes, I know that. I, I knew that long before. Or sometimes I know it because I lived through it. I, I know what that situation is. And I know the true situation. Well, Pastor, I know you don't know this. Yes, I do. Politician said recently, we are destroying the culture with Facebook and social media. We're destroying it. I love you preachers that are watching by the hundreds. God bless you that you can use the computer. We have computers. You're watching this through a computer. God bless you. Some of you get up, I'm sure, dear pastors and people of God, and the first thing you do, once again, I went to my computer this morning, and I followed it all the day long. You're on that thing all day long. Dear pastor, what are you doing? Read your Bible. Pray. Fall on your knees. Weep before God. Go knock on doors. Go visit people. Go help people. Do something in the work of God you'll not see a great church built behind a computer. We're going to have to, as Christians, if we're going to be rooted, make Christ number one. This verse right here, Colossians 1.18, that in all things he might have the preeminence, number one. Not, not your computer, not your play, not your party, not your toys, not your things. You will not finish the, the finish line, and dirt, but you'll endure for a while. You'll endure for a while, but friend, you'll fall off, and then you'll blame someone else. You still haven't got your root problem fixed. You're not prepared to be a parent until you, you fix the root problem back over here. And we all have them. And sometimes it still raises up its ugly head. For me as a boy, perfect mother, perfect dad, perfect sisters, Jack had a temper. Jack got explosive. Jack, Jack, Jack had a problem with his temper. It was me. And so I could sit down and say, well, you have to remember I'm German. That has nothing to do with it. Jack is full of Jack. Jack is full of self. Jack is full of pride. And Jack's going to have it Jack's way. God got a hold of my heart early. And then God got a hold of it again because I still had that temper. My sophomore year at camp, Brother, Brother Russ, at camp, God did something great. 
God did something great my sophomore year in college. God rescued my life from this pride, but I still have that old, that old self-will. That old temper can raise itself up quickly. And I try to every day of my life, Lord, I'm gonna try by the grace of God with the Holy Spirit of God as my help to die to self. Just die to self. So I thought adding to Jack who really had God get under control but still had it. I thought solving the problem would be marriage. And so Jack says to Cindy, and he gives some orders, but that went over real well. When Jack spoke, Cindy didn't jump. I had to train her. When I speak, you jump. She said, you didn't, you didn't get a jumper. I'm not jumping. Do you know who's talking to you? I'm the man of God. I'm your husband. I'm the authority. And then the real, real, real man brings the Bible out and he whips his wife with the Bible. The Bible says submit. Oh yeah, that's really, really smart. I've never lost my temper with the church. But that doesn't mean I won't. Because that was part of my DNA, my old sin nature, my old pride. I've never gotten mad at the deacons. But that doesn't mean I won't blow it. I've got to have that crucified. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I know I'm out of time. I, but I, Christ is first. And then Colossians 2.8, 8. Colossians 2.8, look what he says. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, not after the rudiments, the elementary principles, uh, 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 the elementary principles of the world, not after Christ. If I'm going to have victory, I have to make Christ number one. Secondly, I have to, I have to recognize there are all around me non-rooted Christians and individual, individuals that will go to the wrong source. Beware lest any man spoil you. They capture you, arrest you through philosophy of some of ideas. And many go to the wrong source when they want to deal with things in life, they go to the wrong source, and that wrong source is not the answer. That's what Absalom did. A rebel always goes to the place of least resistance. Absalom had a grandpa, his name was Talmai. And when he defied his dad, Absalom went to Grandpa Talmai. He was the king of Geser. The king of Geshur was a heathen. His grandfather was a heathen king. And he said, Daddy, Daddy won't give me the kingdom. And Daddy's giving me a hard time. And Grandpa, Grandpa Talmai said, Come and live with me, Absalom. A rebel always goes to the place of least resistance. That's why your own sister will take in. I have no idea if a sister does. Your own sister will take your kids in because she's going to help them. Your own, your own parents will take them in. When you say, Mom, Dad, don't do that, that's going to send them back home. No, no, we'll, we'll help them. That's rebellion. Go to the right source for help so that you're not captured. Number three, I want you to see that verse 23 of chapter one. If he continue in the faith, ground it and settled. Recognize we're going to have to be settled for a lifetime, and it says, be not moved away. The Bible calls it will worship. Will worship. In chapter 2, verse 18, notice what he says here. Let no man beguile of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping angels, intruding those things which are not seen, vainly puffed up fleshly mind. 
when it's will worship, we, we begin to worship like we want to worship. It's all self-worship. That's what they did in Genesis, Exodus chapter 32. They didn't like the way Moses and said, Let's, he's not coming back. Let's make us gods. And they began to make their own gods. And they began to, the music they played was racket. It was like, like, like a, it was a, a, a music that was destructive to the ears. And, and Moses came down and he heard that racket, that music. Their music changed. They pulled their clothes off. They were naked. Their dress changed and their worship changed. What, was, what is will worship? Doing worship my way. I'll do it my way. I think we'll close her down. Chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. If I'm going to deal with my root problem, I have to mortify. I have to deaden, just like the dentist mortifies your, your tooth when you're going to have a tooth failed or pulled. It begins to list these sins. The word has to come back and say, I, I want to have my root plucked up, like in John 18. Your root will always reveal who you are. And when we don't allow ourselves to deal with our root, then we start the blame game, and we blame everyone in life. But you haven't faced it. You still have a root problem. Is it pride? Is it envy? Is it fear? Is that your root problem? Is it selfishness? Is, is it an arrogant spirit? No one's going to tell me. Let's stand together, shall we, please? Our Father, these are the best people in all the world. I love them. And I'm so very burdened for each of us. We have root problems, and those root problems, they surface, and we destroy ourselves. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.